what are you going to do in this year? This year of endeavor. First one is get on board, which is where I come in. So get on board, and I'm going to be talking today. That is the title of my message. That is also my message. That is the first point. Um, and no, there are two points. That is my first point, but also the title. So if you're making notes, get on board. Next week, I believe Paul's speaking on breaking cycles. So we're going to break some cycles in our lives. And as we've covered across the year, in the third week, Sarah's going to talk about praying the Lord's Prayer, as we have been doing all year. So that's just a bit of a review, a bit of a catch-up, in case you weren't there. And also, it provides context of why I, today, am talking about getting on board. Now, I'm aware there may be some people in the room, and I have quite confident faith that potentially there are, because we tend to get this every Sunday. There are people in the room that haven't yet even got on board with Jesus, there might be people in the room, we, you listen to me talking about getting on board with a church vision, but you might not yet be a Christian. You may not be yet on board with Jesus Christ. The songs that we've been singing, the things that we've been referring to today may not be your cup of tea just yet. So I want to begin by not um, leaving you out. I want to begin by talking about how do we, get, first of all, get on board with Jesus. And if you are a Christian, you can still get something from this because I believe we need to get on board with Jesus every single day. But for some of you in the room today, you may have an opportunity to make that decision to get on board with Jesus for the very, very first time. So to help me and to help with time and to help with structure, I've got four scriptures, um, four encounters between Jesus and a man you probably would have heard of, Peter, Simon, Peter, the apostle Peter. So we're going to read four scriptures. So if you're counting, if you're kind of, if you're getting bored, you know on the fourth one, you're about there. So just so you know. But the first one is an interesting passage first meeting with Jesus and Peter comes in John 1 verse 41. It says this, Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him we have found the Messiah which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas which means Peter. So it's a little bit like going up to someone and saying, hi, what's your name? Rob. Rob. You're going to be known as Ben from now on. And that actually does happen, doesn't it? Between people get us confused. I don't know why. <laughs> but you are going to be known as Peter. I'm giving you a new name. Have you ever done that in, an inter in, in your first kind of meeting with somebody? I wouldn't recommend it, but Jesus can. <laughs> um, Simon, um, the name kind of means to hear various different translations. I'm not going to go into that too much, but to hear or flat-nosed, nice name, flat-nosed. But Peter, as you probably know, means rock. So Jesus was given um, Simon a new name, Peter, rock. No longer are you unstable, flaky, and weak. You are rock. You're Peter. And the thing about getting on board with Jesus, the first thing we need to realize is that Jesus gives us a new name. He gives us a new identity. He gives you a new future. He gives you a new life. Why would you not want to get on board with Jesus? Amazing. Um, he talks about who you really are, not who people tell you you should be. Not even the person that you think you should be because the media and the world has told you to be that way. Jesus says, you know what? You might have sinned. You might have messed up. You might get it wrong from time to time. But you know what? You are Peter. You are rock. You are Mine. So the next scripture, one number two, if you're keeping count, 
<laughs> comes a little bit later. I'm, 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 I'm pretty confident these are chronological, but I could be wrong, so please don't shoot me down if I've got it wrong. But moving on chronologically in Luke 5, verse 4, it says, um, and this is kind of just after G- um, Peter and his partners, um, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, have been fishing all night, as fishermen do. They've been fishing all night, and they're closing down because they've not had much success. They're, they're washing the nets. They're pretty much done for the night. And Jesus is on the sea of, shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he's about to preach. And he asks Peter, he says, can I use your boat to preach in? Normal question, I guess. Um, it helped Jesus. But they said, yes. And this is where we pick up the story in verse 4. When he had finished speaking, so he'd just done a great message, he said to Simon, now go out there. Sorry, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Here we go. Here's the key thing. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Peter realized that he could no longer do his life without Jesus. In fact, he could no longer do his profession of many years, his job, the things that he knew. He could no longer fish without Jesus. But there was also an interesting revelation as well. He also realized that he couldn't do it with Jesus because of one thing, and that was his sin. So he dropped to his knees and said, I'm a sinner. Who am I? And I guess the key thing for us as people who are wanting to get on board with Jesus, we have to recognize our sin. But the amazing thing is we've been singing, the blood of Jesus washes us clean. The whole thing about the cross is so that our sin and as sinners you know as sinful as we are Jesus restores us cleanses us heals us lifts us up and he wants to be with us now Peter couldn't be with Jesus because of his sin but Jesus wants to be with you while you were a sinner Christ died for you So as part of getting on board with Jesus, and if you're thinking, I'm not on board with Jesus, or I could really do with getting back on board with Jesus, you need to leave your old life of sin and follow him. Another scripture, number three, we're rocking and rolling here. Matthew 16, verses 13 to 16. Another encounter between Jesus and Peter. Says this starting in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one or the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who, this is the biggest question that you'll ever get asked in your life, who do you say I am? Jesus is asking all of us today, but particularly if you've never answered that question, if you've never been confronted with that question, who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say I am? Getting on board with Jesus, you have to deal and wrestle and answer that question. If you cannot answer that question, you cannot get on board with Jesus. Peter, in the other um, incidences in in which the other two scriptures, 
He found out who he was. But in a moment, as, as uh, I finish, I, I probably should finish the scripture. That's probably the important part. <laughs> I just got excited. In verse 14, it says, well, no, sorry, verse 15. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. To get on board with Jesus, you need to believe and declare that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of the living God. That's not just a one-time decision. That's not just a, um, I became a Christian in a church service. I put my hand up and responded to the preacher because I believe that Jesus was the Messiah and the Son of the living God. That is when you watch the news and you see hurricanes and you see earthquakes and you see terrorism and you see that. Is Jesus still the Messiah, the Son of the living God? I have to make that decision, not only daily, I have to make that decision 10, 12 times a day because of what we have to face. So part of getting on board with Jesus is to believe and declare that he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. But that scripture, some of you who've read the Bible know it doesn't end there. And I'm going to read it from top to bottom, but add the final two verses. So starting starting again in verse 13, I'm going to read this bit quick because of time. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed. Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say, he says this again, as if you didn't know before. I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my keyword alert, 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 church. (laughs) And the powers of hell will not conquer it. Peter realized quite quickly that as soon as he gets on board with Jesus, he has to get on board with the church. We as a people of God, you may be a Christian, and if you're not yet on board with the church, you have to understand the importance that Jesus Christ placed on the church. It is a church, as the message translation said, that is so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell can conquer it. We are on the winning side. We are part of something. Anita, she was talking and sitting down quite humbly and so articulately was talking about being part of something that the gates of hell cannot come against. We watch the news. We hear about terrorism. We hear about earthquakes. We hear about disease and sickness. And we think, where is God and what do I do? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. So why would you not get on board with the church? It's like choosing to get, like, <laughs> it's like being on the Titanic and not choosing to get in a lifeboat. It's like I'm not, you're making wrong decisions if you're not on board with the church. It's not making sense. <laughs> the church is God's plan for humanity. This church, Breathe City Church, needs you to become greater. We are endeavoring to become a greater church, but that won't happen if I don't become greater. If I don't grow, if you don't grow, if we as a church don't, as our individual part, make the whole greater and grow. Once you're on board with Jesus Christ, you need to realize that you've got to get on board with the church of Jesus Christ. Get on 
bored. So, you're doing all right for time. Halfway through, my second half of this message is perhaps just as important, maybe more important, and it's this. It's stay on board. It's one thing getting on board. It's another thing staying on board. A little story. I think, I can't, I can't verify, but I think I was in around about the age of seven or eight. And for my age, I was quite a tall lad. I'm fairly tall now, but I've, I've always been tall for my age. And my, me and my family went to Drayton Manor Park, which is a theme park uh, that you may know. Um, and have you ever been on the, the pirate ship? Have you ever been on board pirate ship? You know, if you haven't been on, it's kind of swings, and you're starting to feel your gut sway from side to side, and it kind of gets to the top, and you think you're going to go over, but it stops. So me and my family headed towards that ride, which we knew was a pretty safe bet. Unfortunately, my younger sister, who was about six, she didn't meet the height restrictions, so she stayed behind with dad. Me and mum and my older sister went on board. We got on board. Now, normally when you go to a theme park, normally when you queue, you see the ride in action. For some reason, and I was speaking to mum about this recently, I don't know how this happened, but we didn't actually see one um, motion of this ride. We didn't see it in action once. You know, we didn't get the opportunity to think, oh, yeah, I like that. Let's go on it. Bearing in mind, I'm seven. Sat down. I'm on board. The harness comes down. The cage comes down. This thing is a little bit different to any pirate ship I've ever seen on TV. This thing, not only does it go up and this way, this thing goes all the way around, and then it stops in the middle, bearing in mind you're 100, 100 foot in the air, and you're dangling, and your hands are like this, and you, you are literally hanging to your, what I thought at that point as a seven-year-old boy, to my death. <laughs> so I have never screamed so loud. My younger sister will vouch for me. She knows exactly what I said. It was, despite everyone else's screaming, despite the noise and the roar of the theme park, and the noise and the wind and everything, my sister knew exactly what I said. My mum was sat in front of me, and I was saying, Mum! Stop! Tell the man to stop! I wanted to get off. But if you've ever been to a theme park, you know that ride operator is not going to stop that ride as much as you scream until he or she decides it's going to stop. I could not get off board. If you've ever been on a cruise ship or if you've ever been on any ship... Normally, there's only one or two reasons why you'd ever get off a ship. A, to reach the destination. You've, you've made it. Get off board. The other is, again, to reference Titanic, a, a shipwreck, a storm, a, a collision, a, a situation where you have to get off in an emergency. Now, if you're on board a ship and it was sailing through the ocean and then it suddenly just stopped, they anchored in the middle of the, the ocean and hour went after hour, went after hour, went after hour. And you're thinking, why isn't this ship moving? you'd probably start thinking about how are you going to complain to the captain. Now, it's a little bit like that with faith. We have a destination in mind. That could be heaven. That could be, I've become a Christian, therefore I am now going to be with Jesus, hopefully one day, in my, one day soon, with Jesus in heaven. It could be the destination. I really want to reach that healing. I really need that new job. I really need that breakthrough. I need that change of circumstance. I need something to happen. God, I need to get to my destination. I'm on board this ship because I want to go somewhere. And Jesus, you need to take me. Unfortunately, some people, they can get off board. 
because their faith can become shipwrecked. A storm can come. Bankruptcy, a relationship breakdown, losing a job, um, a sickness. Um, it could be you've just, you, you haven't got time for church. It could be your friends have kind of convinced you otherwise. You've had this crisis of faith. Whatever it is that causes your faith to be shipwrecked, some of us get off board. Maybe at certain times in my life, maybe I've felt like, or maybe even been really that close to jumping overboard. Now, Peter, Peter, I guess, living this life, he'd been given a new name, he'd been given a new purpose, he'd been given a new destiny, he'd, he'd witnessed Jesus and do amazing miracles, teach amazing messages, just, he was there, close hand, first hand. And when Jesus was arrested and then crucified, Peter Denied Jesus. He denied he even knew Jesus. His faith, when a storm came, was shipwrecked momentarily. And so we're talking today about get on board, but he was on board. Clearly, Peter, I'm sure you will agree with me, he was on board with Jesus. He was there. He said, even said, I will never leave you. I will go to death with you. And when the time came that Jesus was dying, Peter said, oh, I don't know that guy. Maybe like you and me, we might do that sort of thing. So what happens to you when a storm comes? We're talking today about getting on board with this church, with Jesus. But what happens when you don't get the position that you wanted in church? You know, you were like, I'm going to join that team because I want to be the youth leader. Or I want to be the pastor. Or I want to lead worship. Or I want to, I want to be a preacher one day. And great, have those aspirations, have those ambitions. But what about if you don't get there? What about if somebody else gets chosen ahead of you? Or, you know, you turn up every, early on a Sunday morning and you realize, ah, oh, this isn't for me. Or you start giving and tithing into church and you think, I'm not seeing any breakthrough. I'm not seeing any change. I'm not rich yet. I've not reached the destination. And we go to the captain because we're anchored in the middle of the, we think we're anchored in the middle of the sea. And we go to the captain, Jesus, and say, Jesus, why haven't I got the answer? I thought we were going on a journey. I got on board with this church because I thought it was going to, you know, we we're going to change the world. And it hasn't happened yet. What happens when storm comes? Sickness, bereavement, death in your family. What about when storms come in your life? Do you get off? Or do you stay on board? This message is about getting on board. And I'm assuming many people, and we know people like Anita, on board. But how do we stay on board? Hence, thus bringeth me to my final scripture. <laughs> there is encouragement. <laughs> Number four. You can start, you can start um, thinking about your lunch now. <laughs> this one will only take me an hour. So uh, anyway, Jesus, in case you don't know the story, the event, the actual happening of this, Jesus died, was resurrected. And as you read in the New Testament, he started appearing to some of his disciples. He came back from the dead. Wow. Woohoo! So we pick this up in verse 1 of John 21. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. Same place. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, our main man. Thomas, nicknamed the twin. Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee. The, two, the sons of Zebedee, Peter's partners there. And two other disciples. Simon Peter said, here's a good phrase. I'm going fishing. Let's go fish. We'll come too, they all said. 
what else have we got to do? Jesus, the man that we put all our hope and energy and we gave our lives to, has just died. So we might as well go back to what we used to do. We might as well go back to what's familiar. We're good at fishing, so let's go. My voice just broke. <laughs> so a little bit, you may, you may recognize some familiarities between this and, and one of the other scriptures. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Were they any good? I don't know. Um, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows. <laughs> Next time you see somebody in the street, go, fellows. <laughs> I think another translation, children. But anyway, just, fellows, have you caught any fish? Have very English. No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there was so much fish in it. The same thing happened again. So how do we stay on board? Sometimes it's just simply about obedience. You know how to fish. You know how to um, look after your family. You know how to do your job. You know how to um, live your life. You've got used to that. You've practiced it. You're well, well done. You're good at living your own life. But sometimes we're not. <laughs> when things happen, we need in fact, even when things are good, we need Jesus. But certainly when things happen, we need Jesus. Sometimes we need to do the things that Jesus is telling us to do, even when they don't make sense. You're like, I need a breakthrough. Okay, go read your Bible. That doesn't make sense. Surely I need to go and, if I want money, I need to go and earn money. Read your Bible. Or something, you know, it's these things that don't make sense to us, but it's all about getting on board and staying on board with Jesus. Maybe we just simply, like Peter, need to go, let's go fishing. So, all year, people at church have been telling me I need to read that, that Bible reading plan. So you know what? Today, I'm going to go fishing. Um, many type people have said to me, let's join an Alpha course. This September, I'm going to go fishing. I've heard every single month for the rest, for years and years and years to be in a small group. And I've not yet joined a small group. So you know what? I'm going to join a small group. The simple, daily, disciplined that seems so unappealing, that seems so unattractive, that seems so uncool, we need to do. How do I stay on board? We carry on what we were doing when we decided to get on board. This message is so simple, and I'm just preaching the same message that Paul and Sarah was preaching at the beginning of the year. Get on board with these things. Do these things in your life, and you will stay on board. If you're struggling, you're in a small group, so you go and speak to your small group leader. You go and speak to the people that you do life with, and they will help you if you are struggling with church, or if you're struggling with your faith, or if you're struggling with an issue. That is how you stay on board. You get people who are on board to prevent you from throwing yourself overboard. <laughs> Never give up, because resurrection is coming. You've been praying for destination and you feel like you're anchored in the middle of the sea. But resurrection is coming. Jesus is going to change your circumstance. He's going to change you through that circumstance. Whatever you need, he will give to you. And at this point, I'm going to ask the, the band if they would join me on stage. Because I'm going to do, read it. The final part of that scripture, again, I've kind of cut it in half. I'm going to read the final bit. And then we're going to pray. I'm going to, we're going to pray together. All of us are going to pray. Um, but let's carry on that scripture while the band join me from John 21. We'll, we'll pick it up in verse 7. This is just really interesting. Today I'm talking about getting on board. I'm now about to break all my own rules. I'm now about to break um, and contradict myself a little bit. But just listen to what happens next in verse 7. Then the disciples 
Sorry, the disciple Jesus loved. He loved them all, but the particular one. <laughs> said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He put on his tunic, for he was stripped for work. Jumped into the water and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the, the loaded net to shore, for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for, him, for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. <laughs> so Simon Peter went, I'll slightly change it, back on board and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the, the net hadn't torn. If you've ever given up on God, if you've ever jumped overboard, if you've ever lacked faith or you've sinned too much and you think you can never get back in God's good books, if you've ever give up, given up on his church, if you've ever been, you know, you felt hurt by somebody in a church or this church or you feel like your expectations or your ambitions haven't yet been met, if you feel as if you have not reached the destination that you for years have been asking to meet, all you need to do, like Peter, strip off, <laughs> no, jump in the water, swim to Jesus, and he's got breakfast waiting for you. He wants you to get back on board this morning. If you feel that you've just given up on this church, you feel as if maybe this, this year you haven't actually got on board, you know what, today is a new day and you can get on board. You can go out into the foyer. You can sign up for that small group. You can, um, you can turn up for Alpha. You can, whatever you felt challenged to do, even if it's just one thing, you can do it.